We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oregon football may be taking a short break here during the spring, but you know what doesn't take a break is recruiting. We're diving into some of the latest updates on Oregon's top targets on today's episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres. Welcome to another edition of the Oregon Football Recruiting Hour, where I take a deep dive into Oregon football recruiting, talk about some of the latest updates that I'm hearing, whether it be from sources close to the Oregon football program or from top Oregon targets themselves uh, as recruiting ramps up here in the spring. In today's episode, we got a number of big time targets that we're going to be talking about. So uh, it's make sure you stay tuned for some of the big names that we're going to be diving into. Keep in mind, all of these guys are some of these guys, I should say, are going to be coming out to Oregon during the spring, and it's all going towards building up to that big Oregon spring game on April 29th in Eugene with the Elite 11 Regional the next day on April 30th in Eugene. I believe that's the first time the Elite 11 has ever come to Oregon. Uh, So make sure that uh, if you're in Eugene, you make it out because there's going to be some big time guys there. And uh, those camps are always a boatload of fun. Um, Before we get into today's episode, just wanted to have a quick little story time. I got off to a very weird start today. Got myself out of bed nice and early. Got 6.30. Sorry about that. Might be having a little bit of a audio issues here, but I, th- I think we're back. Um, so hopefully you guys can hear me. Okay. Uh, but long story short, went to the gym, got a good workout in, and then I lost my wallet. So the rest of the day was just kind of crazy, but I have since found my wallet. So what goes around comes, comes around. Um, you never know what can happen with your day. Just try to keep a positive outlook. Um, but with that out of the way, uh, I got some guys that I'm going to dive into here on today's episode. Um, make sure if you're here live on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Torres, hop in that live chat and uh, maybe throw a question my way. I'll do my best to answer it. And if you're watching on the I cannot catch a break with my audio today. Sorry about that, you guys. Um, here, maybe. 
if I just have to go and use my my uh, laptop microphone, then I might have to do that for today. I don't know why I've been having issues with this, but uh, I'm going to do the best that I can. So hang in there with me, you guys. If it happens again, I'll try to just navigate it the best I can. But if you're watching on replay, let me know your thoughts on Oregon football and Oregon football recruiting. Um, always like interacting with you guys in the comments. But the first guy that we're going to be talking about is 2024 quarterback Air Nolan is closing in on a commitment, and he has Oregon in his top schools. Aaron Nolan coming out of uh, Langston Hughes High School in Fairburn, Georgia. He is a four-star recruit, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite, rated a .9569, number 84 prospect. All right, I'm just going to switch. I'm going to switch away from this phone. We're just going to use the laptop microphone for the remainder of today's show because my other one doesn't want to stay consistent. So hopefully there's not a huge change. I'll make sure to look at that and hopefully get it taken care of before the next show. Uh, but yeah, we roll on. We roll on no matter what happens. Um, but yeah, back to Aaron Nolan. He's a 2024 quarterback for uh, for that Oregon's looking at here on the recruiting trail, and he is working from a top seven of Oregon, Alabama, Clemson, Arkansas, Miami, Ohio State, and Texas A&M. So this is a huge group, um, you know, really, really talented, really, really storied programs uh, that Oregon finds themselves going up against here for Aaron Noland. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen so we can get uh, some highlights on for you guys so you can see who it is that I'm talking about. All right, here we go. We got Aaron Nolan, 2024 quarterback out of Georgia. So what's the story with Aaron Nolan? He's working towards a commitment, and that commitment date is on April 8th. So we got just a little bit over a week until Aaron Nolan decides to make his college commitment. And this is a guy that Will Stein and the Oregon Ducks offered not too long ago. I want to say the offer came less than a month ago, and uh, Oregon is – still in the mix. Um, but the, the thing is he's already visited a lot of his finalists and he has yet to take a trip out to Oregon, which as you would expect, kind of leads me to believe that Oregon could be on the outside looking in. Um, Aaron Nolan did take some recent trips to Miami as well as Texas A&M. And then he's also already been to Arkansas and Clemson. Um, Steve Wolfong of 247 Sports, who does an awesome job, uh, he is reporting that he has trips locked into Ohio State and Alabama ahead of his commitment, and he could possibly get out to Eugene. So, like I mentioned, I feel like um, I feel like Oregon's kind of on the outside looking in with Aaron Nolan, but if they're able to get him onto campus for a visit, uh, I think that that could maybe shake things up a little bit, make things a little bit interesting in this recruitment. However. I don't believe that Aaron Nolan is one of the top guys on Oregon's board at quarterback here in the 2024 class. Uh, as we all know, um, Dylan Rayola is really the top, top guy that Oregon is looking to go after out of Pinnacle High School in the uh, Phoenix area. Uh, he's going to be on campus for the spring game. But what's an interesting update on um, Dylan Rayola is that Steve Wolfong, who I just referenced, um, flipped his crystal ball prediction from USC to Georgia today on Thursday, uh, which could be an indicator that he may be leaning back towards the 
defending champion Bulldogs. Um, but as we know, with quarterback recruiting with Oregon, you know, I talked about Aaron Nolan on a recent episode of Locked On Ducks with Spencer McLaughlin. Um, you have Dylan Rayola right there at the top of Oregon's board at quarterback. You also have Michael Van Buren, who plays his high school football at St. Francis Academy in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, I think I saw a report today that he locked in an official visit to Penn State. Uh, if you guys have been listening to the show for a while, I've been reporting that um, Penn State looks like one of the main threats to Oregon here uh, in their pursuit of, of uh, Michael Van Buren. And then you have Luke Moga also out of Arizona. You have Will Hammond, the Texas Tech commit out of the Lone Star State. So names like that are ones that you're going to have to keep an eye on. Um, and I think just given that Oregon would love to get real, I mean, any school would want to get real in a perfect world, right? Or Van Buren. I really do feel like those guys are a little bit higher up on Oregon's list for um, for quarterbacks here in the 2024 cycle. But uh, you never know. I mean, would Oregon maybe want to take two quarterbacks in the 2024 class? I, I don't think that it would be a terrible idea, um, especially because this is Bo Nix's last year of college football. And then the quarterback room behind him is largely unproven. You know, Ty Thompson's been around the program for two years. Um, but we haven't totally seen him put it together just yet. Austin Novosad joins the program in spring football as an early enrollee after playing in the Adidas All-American Bowl. He's a longtime Baylor commit that Will Stein flipped after getting hired to join Dan Lanning's staff. So I don't know. I think it's uh, an interesting thing to look at for Oregon. I think what we could see happen is Oregon gets a 2024 prep quarterback, and then maybe they go back to the transfer portal to get their guy to replace Bo Nix. There's a lot of different theories that you can look at here when it comes to recruiting the quarterback position. Not necessarily a position that Oregon has knocked out of the park. I think that you could say that they've done that with a lot of positions in recent years. Um, you know, you look at uh, at offensive line as probably being one of the main ones that they've really, really excelled at. Running back as well. Wide receiver is on the up and up. Um, but quarterback has, has, uh, really kind of been up and down and kind of, a you know, a question mark. I don't think that Oregon has reached that point, uh, as a college football power that you would maybe expect them to be at where you can say, oh, you know, whatever. It doesn't really matter how deep this class is. I think Oregon's going to get a top guy. Um, they, they certainly have had their big names come through like Ty Thompson, who we mentioned, Dante Moore was committed to Oregon for a long time until Kenny Dillingham took the job at Arizona State. And then we all know how that one ended up. So maybe Aaron Nolan, if he gets out to uh, maybe when he does get out to Eugene, if he gets out to Eugene, uh, they have that conversation. And then maybe we, we kind of get a better feel for how many quarterbacks Oregon ultimately wants to take in 2024. Because like I'm saying, I don't know that um, that he is at um, where he really stands on Oregon's board, uh, especially coming out of the state of Georgia, not necessarily a state that Oregon's super well connected to uh, on the recruiting trail. So going to have to keep an eye on it. Uh, Aaron Nolan, we'll see if he gets out to Eugene ahead of his commitment on April 8th. Got a, got a couple questions here. One from Mark, is Oregon the only Pac-12 and West Coast school in his top seven? Yes, they are, which is uh, really a recurring theme um, when it comes to a lot of top tier guys, certainly from the East coast or from the South for the longest time, you would just see Oregon. Uh, maybe now you're seeing Oregon and USC with Lincoln Riley running that operation over there in LA. Um, you know, I hear my neck of the woods, I'm in Long Beach, but, um, 
yeah, usually it's Oregon and USC. You're seeing UCLA kind of uh, kind of up there with some guys, Stanford as well. Um, but yeah, Oregon's the lone West Coast school pursuing Aaron Nolan. Just think of the NIL opportunities, the marketing opportunities with a guy whose nickname is Air playing for Oregon with the Ducks, with the flight and everything that they want to do with that. That would be amazing. Mikey G asks, Rayola following Deuce Robinson, maybe, fellow Arizonan. Um, yeah, Deuce Robinson is supposed to make his commitment today, Thursday, March 30th, um, possibly any minute now. I'm not actually sure when he's supposed to be, the time he's supposed to be making his announcement, but I just see too much momentum there for, for USC and Lincoln Riley. We know how serious um, you know Deuce is about his baseball career. He's done some workouts with uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers organization. Um, so I think that uh, it really looks like kind of a slam dunk USC pick for Deuce Robinson, but we got to see what happens. Um, we got to see what happens with that decision. Um, looks like uh, looks like the comments here say that he's going to be announcing on Instagram at 6:30. So that'll be a fun one that we have to make sure to stay tuned into. All right, let's let's change up the video here and get to our next guy. We're going to be talking about five-star edge rusher Elijah Rushing has locked in in uh, a visit to Oregon for the spring game. Oregon's spring game taking place, of course, on April 29th. And if you've been following Oregon recruiting for a while now, uh, specifically even in the 24 class, you know this is a dude. Elijah Rushing is a dude on Dan Lanning and Tosh Lapoy's uh, big board in terms of biggest wish list prospects here in the 24 class. Uh, the story with Elijah Rushing, I mean, he's about as decorated of uh, a pass rusher as you will find anywhere in the country. He's a five-star prospect out of South Point Catholic in Tucson, Arizona. Almost 40 offers to his name, um, which is just insane. Um, but, uh, 247 has him as a five-star. Um, he's a composite five-star number 19 player in the country. Number three, edge rusher, number two player in Arizona behind only Dylan Rayola. Uh, so this is, uh, about as good of an edge rusher as you'll find. And the reason, one of the reasons that I think that Elijah rushing is so important for Oregon in this 2024 recruiting class, you don't find guys like this defensive linemen like this out West. You don't find it very often. And when you do find them, you got to get them. That's why Oregon uh, signed Amari Washington out of Chandler in Arizona in the 2023 class. Uh, Elijah Rushing, I do have a uh, premium update over on DucksDigest.com with full quotes from Rushing talking about where Oregon stands and where he's at in his recruitment. So if you guys haven't given that a read yet, go on over and check that one out. Um, but yeah, so Elijah Rushing is going to be at Oregon for the spring game. And what really has Oregon in the mix here isn't only the fact that he's been a guy that Oregon's been recruiting since the days of Mario Cristobal. It's really the Dan Lanning and Tosh Lapoy factor with Elijah Rushing. You know, I talked to him about what stands out the most to him about Oregon, and he was talking about, you know, just playing for those two guys, playing in that defense, um, just having those guys working hand in hand, developing me, that's going to be huge. He talked about Tosh Lapoy saying, you know, this is a guy who has coached Miles Garrett, who's, you know, widely viewed as one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. You know, I think having that NFL experience 
is something that is always going to carry weight with prospects because that's what recruits want. They want to be developed. They want to get to the league. Um, and Elijah Rushing also told me he was valuing relationships um, and just overall fit in his uh, in his school of choice. But this is just a super, super athletic, super strong guy. Um, let's see what other notes I have here. Um, a couple of updates on his decision timeline. Elijah Rushing saying that he plans to narrow his schools down to a top five, probably uh, during the spring, you know, late May, end of May, kind of around there, and wants to take his official visits during the summer. And then he is going to be making his decision kind of during that last week of the summer into that first week of the season. A number of schools look like they're separating themselves from the pack here. Uh, Oregon is definitely chief among them. You could even say that they might be in the driver's seat in this recruitment. I'm not definitively saying that, but I really like where Oregon stands here with Elijah rushing. I just posted my big board, my hot board for top edge rushers that Oregon's going after in the 24 class on Ducks Digest. So check that out. But the schools that are hitting up Elijah rushing the most that are recruiting him the hardest are Oregon, Notre Dame, Michigan, Miami, Ohio state, and Arizona. Um, you know, I think he's been to, to all of those schools. I want to say, I know he recently got to go out to Miami and spend some time with uh, hall of fame defensive end, Jason Taylor, who's coaching over at uh, Miami and Coral Gables. Um, so we'll see if the Canes can, can make their way into his top five. Um, but this is a very, very priority target, huge name for Oregon in the 2024 recruiting class. And Oregon has signed a number of really impressive edge rushers in recent years, right? Look at even in this 2023 class, they signed Mateo Uyunglele uh, out of St. John Bosco. Um, he's already on campus and enrolled and looks nothing like a high schooler. You know, he should still be in high school, but he's up there at Oregon standing, uh, standing, you know, holding his own against the rest of the Ducks. Um, and then you also have uh, Tatum Tuioti, Tony Tuioti's son, who comes over from Sheldon High School. He's a guy who really improved his stock with a strong senior season. Um, I think that he's a guy that has really just overall improved as a player uh, and is looking like somebody that uh, is going to try to compete for those reps uh, even early on in his career. And then you also have Blake Purchase, the uh, two-time Colorado Gatorade Player of the Year. Uh, I want to say he was either a three- or four-time state champion out there in Colorado. Blake Purchase was a guy that Oregon had to hold off Deion Sanders for, late push coming from Colorado, from the Buffs there in that recruitment. And then the Ducks also got Jordan Birch in the 2023 recruiting class coming out of the transfer portal from South Carolina. So you might sit there and say, well, you know, Oregon got all these guys in the 2023 recruiting class. Why is Edge still such a priority in 2024? And the reason that I think it's a priority is because Oregon was not able to get after the quarterback at all in 2023, you know, 2022, sorry. It was 18 total sacks. You know, they were getting shredded through the air by seemingly every opponent um, or most opponents, I should say. But what I'm saying is that until Oregon has a guy and they really should have multiple guys that can consistently get pressure on the quarterback, you just got to keep adding guys. You've got to keep adding guys at that edge position. Um, the line of scrim, the defensive line of scrimmage in particular is an area that Oregon's really been lacking, um, you know, in the past couple of years. I feel like that's one of the biggest reasons that they're being held back from reaching their full potential as a defense. They've had it on the offensive line, but it hasn't been there on the defensive line. You've had some really good run defenses the past couple of years, 
but getting pressure on the quarterback has not been there at all. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the latest that I'm hearing about Elijah rushing big, big time target for the ducks here in the 2024 recruiting class. And, um, it looks like, uh, you know, the ducks are in an awesome spot there with Elijah rushing. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Vaughn says, we also need some five-star linebackers. Yeah, I think linebacker is is absolutely a uh, priority position for Oregon here in the 2024 recruiting class. Uh, you know, guys like Dylan Williams out of Long Beach Poly, he's a huge target. Justin Williams uh, out, of, uh, out of Conroe, Texas, Oak Ridge High School, he's another big name to watch at, at linebacker as well. But there are a number of linebackers that Oregon's going after in this 2024 class, and I think it's a position that is a position that's super important in this 2023 defense. Right? Noah Sewell leaves. You had a number of guys hit the portal. Uh, you know, Jackson Leduc hit the portal. Um, but you add Justin Jacobs over from Iowa. You add Connor Soley from Arizona State. You got to hope that Jeffrey Bossa can take that next step for you as an inside linebacker. Um, and then you have Jerry Mixon who comes over from the 2023 recruiting class. He's going to be joining Oregon next week as an early enrollee here in spring football when the Ducks resume practice on Tuesday. Who are some of the other guys you got? You have Harrison Taggart from Corner Canyon High School in Draper, Utah. Um, he's a guy who was really, who's really fast, really athletic, kind of a twitchy linebacker prospect. He's a little bit undersized for a linebacker. At least he was as a true freshman. I think 6'1", 6'2", 215, kind of around there. Um, but, you know, I was talking to a coach out in uh, the state of Utah the other day, and he was saying that, you know, he may not be the, the most polished linebacker, but that's a guy who has some serious speed and can really move. And then you have Devin Jackson, who came out of the state of Nebraska in the 2022 class, Burke High School. Uh, he was an Adidas All-American, I believe. So I think with both of those guys, with Devin Jackson and Harrison Taggart, the biggest thing that Oregon is probably going to be going for, you know, looking for, you want to get these guys adjusted to the college level, uh, get them comfortable with the playbook. Again, that's like a big thing that I'm kind of looking at here with Oregon's defense in 2023. You're going to have that schematic continuity. Oregon has the same defensive coordinator that they had in 2022. Um, you know, they went from Avalos to Deruder to Tosh. You know, they just had so much change, but now you have some consistency there. Uh, so I think that there's um, there's you know reason to believe that Oregon can take a step there in 2023. This is 
a really talented defense, but granted you have guys that uh, are, are relatively unproven. And then with linebacker, you also have to talk about Keith Brown. He's someone who's been in Oregon for two seasons, really saw him get a, a bigger chunk of playtime last year towards the back end of the year, especially in that holiday bowl. Um, so I think he's somebody who's stepping into his own every time we see him and he's getting more and more confident. You remember how pressed Oregon was, how thin Oregon was at linebacker in 2021 um, due to some injuries, uh, Isaac Slade got hurt. Um, and, uh, you know, that's why Jeffrey Boston moved down to linebacker. Keith Brown saw himself playing a lot of snaps. You had Nate Hukalani, who was a former walk-on. Um, so even though that group is relatively thin, uh, I think Oregon probably feels confident with what they have at linebacker, but I agree that linebacker is a major position of need. Let's see. We got another comment here saying, I also believe in Ty Thompson. I think Will Stein will make something happen in his offense. Yeah. Um, you know, we, yeah, we've talked about Ty. I, I think that um, I, I want to see the guy do well for sure. Um, you know, he's a great kid. Talked to him, you know, a number of times. I, if you guys have been following me or watching my coverage of Oregon recruiting for a while, um, you know, I covered him extensively in high school. Talked to him after the Elite 11, some big games that he had. Um, and you know that the guy has a lot of pressure on his shoulders, right? You know, he's the he's the highest rated quarterback that Oregon has ever signed coming out of high school. I think Bo Nix was rated higher than him, but they didn't have Bo Nix coming out of high school. So you see the five-star title, you see all the accolades, how decorated he is. He's had a lot of different offensive coordinators, hasn't gotten put in in the best of situations uh, when he has seen the field at Oregon. So there's a lot of different factors that are kind of going into Ty Thompson's development and then ultimately what happens uh, when he sees the field. So I think if Oregon can, you know, put some teams away early, like I've talked about, this doesn't even just go for the quarterback position. This goes for every position. If you can put some teams away early like you should, I think you can set yourself up for success to get some of your younger guys in and get them some crucial developmental reps. And I think that Ty Thompson's probably at the top of that list of guys that need those developmental reps. Um, so going to be interesting to see how Will Stein manages Ty Thompson's reps and, and manages his development. Um, because like I kind of said earlier, Oregon's quarterback room, aside from Bo Nix, is, is largely unknown right now. you got Bo Nix, Ty Thompson, Austin Novosad, Marcus Sanders, a couple of walk-ons on that uh, in that room. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out. All right, the next guy that we're talking about here, can Oregon land USC wide receiver transfer Gary Bryant? Uh, Gary Bryant is one of the top transfer portal targets for Oregon right now out on the recruiting trail. Took his official visit to Oregon, I want to say, uh, two weeks ago. Um, and, you know, we saw pictures of him and, and, and Bo Nix next to each other out on the practice fields. And the thing is, you know, I, I've talked to a, a source close to this recruitment with Gary Bryant and the deciding factor, or at least a main factor in this recruitment with Gary Bryant is going to be playing time. What does the playing time look like at Oregon? What does the playing time look like at a number of schools? Excuse me, just had to had to cough there. But playing time matters so much, you know, not even just for high profile guys. You know, Gary Bryant was an Adidas All-American caliber guy coming out of high school, Corona Centennial down here in Southern California, you know, typical powerhouse program. I think playing time is a lot different for guys that are coming out of high school versus guys that are coming out of the transfer portal. 
because a lot of guys coming out of the transfer portal didn't see a lot of time or didn't see how much as much time maybe as they think they deserve at their previous school. So then you enter the portal and you're kind of looking for a sure thing, or you're looking for, let's say a clear path to playing time. And if you were to ask me, is there a clear path to playing time for Gary Bryant at Oregon a month ago, a little bit over a month ago, I probably would have said it's not clear, but it's looking pretty good. You know, this was back when Treshawn Holden was dismissed and the the future of the wide receiver room was a little bit murky. I thought that Oregon was going to go back into the transfer portal to get another wide receiver. But, you know, Treshawn Holden, you guys are all know, I don't have to rehash that out. He's been reinstated. He's back with the team and he looks like he's going to be a big part of the offense in 2023 or at least compete for, you know, a good chunk of reps. So let's just look at what the wide receiver room looks like at Oregon. You got Troy Franklin, who comes back after his best season at Oregon. And and really what I feel was his first true season at Oregon. You know, he he found plenty of playtime as a true freshman in 2021, but that offense didn't want to throw the ball. It it didn't. I mean, if it was, it was check downs, um, you know, not really a, a creative offense through the air. We all know why that was the case. So Troy Franklin breaks out in 2022 in Kenny Dillingham's offense. He's Bo Nix's favorite target. I think my favorite play of the year was the massive 50-yard bomb um, from Bo Nix to Troy Franklin. You hear Otson erupt. I mean, that was definitely a game I wish I was there for. Um, but Troy Franklin's going to be the focal point of the passing attack. That's what one could uh, reasonably assume ahead of the 2023 season. And then you have Treshawn Holden, who comes in from Alabama, and he's going to be He's going to be a contributor. You know, he had some good production while he was over there at Bama, um, played some really played against some really good defenses. So he's tested against the best defenses in college football, more or less. And he's got good size, 6'3", 210, 215. Um, so I think that he has those tools and, and everything is kind of going in his favor to see the field quite a bit at Oregon. And then you also have to talk about Tez Johnson, the Troy wide receiver transfer. You know, he, he kind of brings Oregon a little bit of a different dimension at wide receiver. I think that that his speed, his agility, his quickness, short area burst, those are all things that are going to make him a a really competitive guy in that wide receiver room. And it looks like he's going to be competing against Chris Hudson for that starting wide receiver position in the slot. Chris Hudson has has played quite a bit of football at Oregon, Um, you know, had his best season yet, I think you could say, fairly last year, but he did have a couple of drops that ultimately capped his production. And um, I think that you just want to get him the ball more in space. I think he's that kind of a guy. You know, he's not necessarily your 50-50 jump ball, possession, red zone wide receiver kind of guy, but he's crafty. And and he I really like the, the grit that he plays with. He definitely has a lot of toughness to his game. But Tez Johnson comes in and he's like, I'm going to want mine. He's going to want to get his piece of the, of the, of the pie, right? Um, So that's a big position battle to watch for. And then you have Kyler Casper, who's, oh, I don't know, you know, just this six foot six, 200 pound wide receiver out of Arizona that has kind of been patiently waiting, took a red shirt last year after reclassifying from 2023 to 2022. And he might be the most gifted wide receiver in that room, at least physically, at least athletically. Um, I mean, have you just watched some of that guy's tape, whether it be on seven on seven or uh, on during his high school football season out there? at Williams Field High School, um, he was just a dude. He was absolutely a dude. And uh, I think he's someone that um, hasn't been forgotten about, but 
I just feel like we haven't really gotten to see him really get a good chance at Oregon. And now is the time. I think that other than Troy Franklin and Chris Hudson, you know, snaps should be up for grabs behind that. Um, and then you have Justice Lowe, who also came over with Kyler Casper, but we didn't see too much of him as a true freshman. Um, but, you know, that's a guy that I think people close to the program are confident can can take a step forward. He was a late flip from Utah, uh, you know, Lake Oswego guy, um, very, you know, chiseled frame, uh, you know, physically, you know, ready for college football, really athletic guy as well. Then you have Josh Delgado, who has been at Oregon for a long time, but really hasn't done a whole lot, hasn't been able to carve out a consistent role. So you put all of that in, um, and I, I don't really know how how good the um, path to play time looks for Gary Bryant if he were to choose Oregon. He talked very highly with Greg Biggins about his uh, his visit to Oregon, You know, spoke highly of Junior Adams. Junior Adams recruited Bryant when he was coming out of high school originally when Bryant was looking at Washington when um, Junior Adams was still at Washington. So so that's good. But I think I have to do a deeper deeper look at uh, some of these other finalists, right? You have Arizona, Texas A&M, Miami. Uh, they all got official visits along with Oregon. I think he took an unofficial to UCLA is what Biggins was reporting. Uh, I always want to make sure to give credit to the guys that are reporting because I can't get every interview that I want, but I try to get as many as I can. Um I mean, I, I don't think Miami would be a good destination if you're a wide receiver just because we've seen what they do with the ball in, uh, on offense, passing the ball. So I think this could come down to, you know, Texas A&M or, um, you know, Arizona. I think, um, you know, Texas A&M got, uh, got a new offensive coordinator. I want to say it was Rick Petino, uh, Bobby Petrino. Excuse me, Bobby Petrino is the new offensive coordinator um, in – college station. So he's a big name offensive coordinator and, and fans are hoping that he can get Jimbo's offense, um, you know, back to being what he wants it to be because Texas A&M was massively underachieving on the field, especially if you factor in all the big time recruits that they've landed over, uh, you know, the past years or so. So I think that Oregon has an awesome shot here for sure. It's just, I don't know if the snaps are there necessarily for Gary Bryant um, but you know, you're going to have a good quarterback, not too sure what the, the situation is at quarterback. You know, you could have at UCLA, you could have Dante Moore throwing to him in all likelihood. Um, I don't even think I know who the Texas A&M quarterback is off the top of my head. Um, and then Miami is that Taylor Van Tyler, Taylor Van Dyke. Um, and then at Arizona, you're going to have Jaden Delora, who's a stud really like Jaden Delora. So I think Oregon has a, a very good chance to land Gary Bryant. I wouldn't be surprised if they were to land Gary Bryant, but um, but right now I wouldn't say that it's uh, it's looking super likely if we if we are taking into account how much weight um, you know snaps play in his decision. So um, the thing with Gary Bryant it looks like he has finished taking all of his visits. And uh, it's probably in decision mode right now, but he did say that he might keep his cards close to the vest and wait until May to go public with his decision. So he'll probably tell his school of choice, it looks like, and then maybe wait until May when the transfer portal window opens again to uh, ultimately go public with his commitment. So Oregon's got a great shot, but we got to see what's going to happen with USC wide receiver transfer Gary Bryant. All right, let's see if I have any other topics for uh, for this episode. Uh, I have one more quick headline that I'm going to hit on, and then 
Um, if you guys have any other comments that you want to throw my way or any questions, get those in now because um, we are starting to kind of wind down a little bit. But, you know, I love answering your guys' questions. Um, we did get a recruiting update on Wednesday when um, elite safety Xavier Philsimi out of McKinney High School in McKinney, Texas, included Oregon in his top five schools. This is a big-time safety for Oregon in the 2024 recruiting class. Um, and I want to tell you what you need to know about Xavier Philsimi. So looking at his top five, you got LSU, Georgia, Florida, USC, and Oregon. Uh, I believe LSU and Florida got the most recent visits for Phil Samey. Um, So that's, you know, obviously big time schools that Oregon finds themselves going against. Surprised that we don't see any Texas schools involved here, but Xavier Phil Samey has visited Oregon before. I believe he was out in Eugene in January. So it's not like the Ducks are starting from scratch here by any means. And then you have to look at their ties into the state of Texas, right? You have Will Stein, the offensive coordinator. You have Antonio Parks, who's the offensive analyst, who played his college ball at, um, I want to say, Arizona and um, and UTSA. Um, he's, a, he's a big force for Oregon. He's going to be a big force for Oregon in the state of Texas. Uh, and then you also have uh, Tyler Dean, who's on Oregon's recruiting staff, um, who comes over, I believe, from Texas A&M. So, so Oregon does have some good ties into the state of Texas. And kind of what I'm hearing is that uh, Florida is looking like the biggest uh, the biggest challenger for Oregon right now in this recruitment for uh, Phil Simi. Um, there's a number of talented safeties that Oregon's going after in the 2024 class. Haven't landed a commitment from a defensive back, let alone a safety here in the 2024 class, but you got guys like KJ Bolden from Buford, Georgia. He's the number one safety in the entire country. He's supposed to be taking a visit out to Oregon for the spring game. So Oregon's staying involved there. You also have Peyton Woodyard out of St. John Bosco in Bellflower, California. He committed to Georgia during the Adidas All-American Bowl, but I know that Oregon's going to stay involved there with Peyton Woodyard. And then you also have Jordan Johnson Rubel. Jordan Johnson Rubel out of IMG Academy in Bradenton. He's another big time guy. Aaron Flowers is another name out of Forney, Texas. Aaron Flowers took a recent visit out to Oregon, but on that same trip out West, he also visited USC. And I'm hearing some buzz around the Trojans for his commitment. Um, Aaron Flowers did announce that he is going to be making his commitment before long coming off of those two visits to Oregon and USC. He's going to be making his commitment on April 7th and choose from the following schools, Alabama, Oregon, Michigan State, Oklahoma, Washington, USC, Tennessee, Texas Tech, Louisville, and in-state Baylor. Uh, we all know that Matt Pallage went from Oregon to Baylor uh, following the uh, end of the 2022 season. So that's kind of what Oregon's looking like right now at the safety spot. And um, it looks like they do stand and have a pretty good shot right now, at least, at Xavier Philsimi. Um, now that he has his top five, that's in all likelihood, the schools that are going to end up getting official visits for him, but those are going to, this is a really, really elite guy. So, uh, it's far from over for Oregon, uh, even though they did land inside his top five schools. So, uh, that's a guy that we definitely have to make sure to keep an eye on. Um, let me go ahead and just pull this up. Um, so you guys can see kind of the, the news that I'm talking about here. 
Um, give me just a second. My computer can cooperate with me. Here's his post, uh, Xavier Philsimi. You got his at there. So if you guys want to follow him on social media, that's uh, e easily one of the best ways to track all the latest updates for Oregon recruits over there on social media. But there you have it. That's his post. Then we have one more question. What's the best home game besides USC this year? Uh, this is a good question for Oregon because I think Oregon has a, a really interesting schedule for this upcoming season. Uh, the home games so far, um, or the home games that will happen, you got Hawaii on September 16th, Colorado on September 23rd, Washington State on October 21st, Cal on November 4th, USC on November 11th, and then Oregon State on November 24th. So I think that I'm going to say, other than USC, the best home game for Oregon in 2023 is going to be against Colorado. Deion Sanders comes in, Hall of Fame cornerback, former Jackson State head coach. He takes over the Buffs program in Colorado. And I'm not saying that I think that uh, Colorado is going to be a great team next year, um, but I'm really excited to see Oregon's wide receivers, if nothing else, go against Travis Hunter and Cormani McLean, the back-to-back uh, -back number one corners in their respective classes in 2021 and 2022. No, sorry, 2022 and 2023. So two elite corners. We just talked about Oregon's receivers a whole lot this episode when we were talking about Gary Bryant. So I have Colorado scheduled on September 23rd um, as the best home game for Oregon this year besides USC. Uh, I know that Oregon fans would love to see the Ducks beat USC to, to kind of usher them on their way to the Big Ten because we know how many recruiting battles that we're going to have between Dan Lanning and Lincoln Riley out in Los Angeles. But um I think that's all the time I have for today's episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. Appreciate you guys tuning in, whether you're watching on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Taurus or on your podcasting platform of choice. Do me a quick favor and hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. Uh, it's a tremendous help in supporting what I do here on YouTube, covering the Oregon Ducks on the football field and on the recruiting trail. And important to lock in with me on all social media platforms. I am at mTaurus Sports on both Twitter and Instagram. And make sure you guys stay tuned into Ducks Digest for my latest written content covering Oregon. But until next time, appreciate you guys stopping by, taking some time out of your day to talk Oregon football with me. We'll see you in the next episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast.